Good evening, everybody. It was actually me who said that, that God, God didn't heal these days, but uh, I think you said it. Not as loud as I did, but uh, <laughs> you said it as well. But we know God does heal, and we, we are so delighted to hear testimonies like that. And when testimonies like that are released, um, that creates faith. I want you to understand that. That's why it's so important to testify, because it creates the expectation that God can and will do that again, that he wants to do it. And actually, when you present a testimony like that, it, it represents the miracle. And the power that was engaged in the original miracle is there again. And if you reach out by faith, you can receive something yourself. Isn't that exciting? Praise God for that. It's wonderful to be here. Congratulations on your marriage, uh, the two churches. Um, uh, may it be a special relationship um, as you become one. And I'm excited about what God's doing uh, through not just the journey, but your relationship now with them and uh, just what, what you've brought to them and what you will bring to them in the coming days. So the Lord bless you all. And uh, I'm excited and anticipating what God's going to do in the days that lie ahead. I have brought a few people with me. Uh, as Gary has said, just a few folk that uh, are working with me and we're learning a little bit more about how God heals and how he delivers. And so uh, they're here tonight to pray with you. And don't worry, there's protocol. We're not going to uh, put our hands all over your face or anything like that. Um, we're going to be sensible in how we pray. We might put a hand on you if that's okay and if you're permissible of that, but we'll put it on an area uh, where, you've, where you've got your jumper or something like that or on your shoulder, and we'll try not to be breathing all over your face. And Megan kindly and the group, if they are playing at the end, will be very, very quiet so as we can hear what, what's being said. We're just being sensible uh, in the current climate. But thank you for even coming out. It would be a terrible thing to stay at home uh, not to come to healing meeting at this time, <laughs> wouldn't it? It's really a contradiction in terms. But we are looking for God to do something in the midst of all that's going on. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. I've, I'm sound really echoey. Are you getting the real echo? I'm getting that. So if we could do away with that, if that's possible, that'd be great. Um, thank you. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to refer to a number of scriptures um, tonight. Uh, as a healing service, but I'm not specifically talking about physical healing tonight, although I believe God's going to break through in that, I want to talk, well, it'll become self-explanatory, commenting on a little bit about what's going on today prophetically and how it might be affecting us and what God might be saying at this particular time. I don't know about you, but over the last number of weeks, if you've been on social media and listening to any prophets or teachers or whatever, you might be getting all sorts of mixed messages coming through about what God's doing. And the church at times is being exhorted to rise up and pray against uh, the coronavirus, COVID-19, and uh, to bind and to do all these things and to do warfare and, you know, draw lines and all these places, sand and all the rest, and say no further. And maybe you saw a prayer that's been circulating or some prayers that have been saying, you know, call on God to send down energy or something like that to eradicate all the viruses that there are. And uh, I don't know what you think of that, but I think a lot of it's nonsense. Um, because we live in a fallen world, and it's not energy we need, it's the Holy Spirit we need. And it's God, and it's Jesus. And it's interesting, you look at some of those prayers, Jesus isn't even mentioned in them. 
just, just an observation. So be careful. Just because something's passed around a few interesting people, don't just think you've got to pass it around. Look at it and say, is that the right thing? You know, is that really what we need? We need to be asking a question. This is what I've been asking. This is why I haven't really commented on the whole thing just yet. Is, God, what are you up to? What are you doing? And I'm not for one moment suggesting God created COVID-19. But I am saying very, very definitely that he is using this. What the enemy meant for evil, he can work for our good. And we're going to see that. We're going to see that. And so just be careful, you know. And I know we want this all to go away because we want our lives to get back to normal again. Yeah? But maybe God's doing something. (laughs) And it doesn't need to stop right now, this moment, when God's up to something. So what's he up to? Um, turn with me to that chapter 12. Maybe I'm a real pain in the neck, but could I have a wee bit of light? I, I just can't see too well up here. Is that possible? A wee bit of a light. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. Now, this is a scripture that's prophetic, I believe, for the moment. Look at it. Thank you. There you go. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Let's pray together. Please unite with me in prayer that the Lord may speak to all our hearts. Father, we come to you as the Almighty God, and we worship you. And we just declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord of COVID-19. Jesus Christ is Lord of fear. Jesus Christ is Lord of all the universe. Jesus Christ is over all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Jesus Christ is Lord over death and over disease, over weakness, over every affliction and every oppression. So Jesus, you are Lord, and we ask you to come now and show your rule and your reign in this place that the kingdom of God would come into our midst through deliverance and healing, salvation and restoration. We ask for your renewal. We ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, Hebrews is talking here about a shaking. He's talking about how God shook the earth at Sinai when the law of God, knew the Ten Commandments were given originally to Moses, But there was a lot of thunder and lightning and an earthquake and fire and smoke. The glory of God was shown and the earth shook and God's voice was heard directly to Moses and then to the people through the laws of God. And the writer of the Hebrews is saying, once more the earth will be shaken. God has spoken again from heaven through his son, Jesus Christ. And there's a shaking coming to this world, a shaking of the earth and a shaking of the heavens, an earthquake and a heavenquake. And the reason why that's going to happen is, and I think we're seeing something of that now. I'm not saying it's the the full, complete package, because I don't know that. I'm not sure anybody does. But what we are seeing 
are the early signs of a shaking. I think the, the, the world has been shaken now for quite some time. And it's an increasing exponential shaking where the things that can be shaken are starting to crumble around us. You understand? Institutions, certain things that we have known for, for ages as normal staples of society that we become accustomed with, all of a sudden, and this recent development is so remarkable in that so quickly, so much has shut down. So much that has been normal to our lives, and it has to be said for many people in our society, so much that has been the reason for their living. Education, sport, entertainment, business, the economy, we can go on, health in itself. So what is going on? Well, there's a lot going on, but what certainly is going on is there's a shaking. So that the things that can be shaken, the things that are man-made, the things that are like mirages that kind of blind us to the spiritual dimension because we're so taken up with the physical, the material, and the sensual, God is shaking all of those so that the things that cannot be shaken would remain. And the things that cannot be shaken are the, the eternal, the spiritual. And in fact, we as the church are the people who this passage says we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It cannot be shaken. No matter what happens, and no matter what secular society, PC culture, atheist mindsets and philosophies say, you know, the religion's going to disappear after so many years or whatever, it's not going to happen, certainly with regard to Christianity. Because Jesus even said when he was pointing to end time things that would happen just before his return, heaven and earth will pass, pass away, but my words will never pass away. So many people are asking, is this the end? Is this the end of the age? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 24 that I mentioned there in verse 7, you don't need to turn to it, I'll read it to you, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Some translations read, all these are the birth pangs, the contraction pains that are indicating that there's a birth of something coming. And so these things have been with us all before, but there appears to be an insinuation here as they exponentially increase. It is a sign that the world's troubles are pregnant with divine possibilities that God is up to something, that God is birthing something. In Revelation chapter 6, there's the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and the, the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, when the fourth seal was opened, um, John looked and he beheld a pale horse, and the name of the one who sat on the horse was Death and Hades. Death and Hades followed with him, and power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death by the beasts of the earth. A fourth of the population of the earth will, will one day disappear because, and partly because of pestilence. Am I saying this is what's happening? No, I'm not. I don't know. But, but what I am saying is we kind of need to waken up. 
And I'm not wanting to engender fear in any of us here tonight. In fact, I'm going to go after fear in a few moments because fear, fear that debilitates and paralyzes is not of God. But I want you to understand, and I hope that you all know this, Jesus is coming back again. And you don't often hear this in church. And he left us with signs, and some people act as if they know more than they actually do. Nobody knows the day or the hour when he will return. But there are certain signals. And this is one of them. And so my challenge to you tonight is whether you're a Christian or not, are you ready for Jesus coming back? Because any time he talked about returning, that was the main punchline he was getting. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready, because you don't know when this is going to happen. But we could talk about all these signs of the times. But you know what Jesus said in his, his Luke's version of Matthew 24, Luke 21? He says, one other sign is, there are all these things, pestilences, earthquakes, various uh, phenomena taking place. But another sign is, listen to this, there will be perplexity on the earth. Humanity will be in perplexity, confusion, and men's hearts will feel them for fear. Do you know what's more of a threat in this hour than COVID-19? It's fear. And uh, corona anxiety is now a thing. It's affecting everybody. I mean, I, I don't need to tell you. It's just crazy what's going on. And yes, this is a, a real epidemic. It has become a pandemic. I'm not saying that we should be foolhardy or careless in how we deal with it whatsoever. But I am saying that it looks to me like the world is going completely mad. And what is happening is there are these birth pangs that are taking place. And Romans 8 talks about this, that the whole creation... Um, wants to be delivered from bondage and corruption to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors in birth pangs together until now. The very nature and the beasts, the animal kingdom, vegetation, the whole of the, the, the very ground and soil, every molecule of this planet is crying out for Jesus to return, but something else, the freedom of the sons and the daughters of God. And that means this earth is waiting for you as a child of God, a son and a daughter of God, to stand up and to take the stage at the time you're needed. And this is the time. If ever there was a time... This is the time for Christians not to be hiding in corners behind masks and gloves, all the rest. And I'm not saying you shouldn't use those things. We need to be sensible. But we should not at this juncture be running away. We should be running in. We are not to cooperate with fear. I believe this is a true statement. You never ever as a Christian do anything in obedience to fear. Never do anything out of fear, or never don't do something out of fear. Never obey fear. What we need to be doing at this time is engaging in faith to know that God's in control and God's up to something. Psalm 46, I've been meditating a lot on it recently. You know, um, God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not Fear, can you say that? 
we will not fear. Will the earth be removed? That hasn't happened just yet, I don't think. Or the mountains carried into the midst of the sea. Imagine standing and the earth is moving off its axis and you're seeing mountains crumble like sand castles into the oceans and you're standing there saying, no fear. That's what the psalm is saying. And then you go down, further on down, and this really spoke to me on Friday. You know, be still and know that I am God. We all know that, don't we? Be still and know that I am God. But then it was this bit that caught me. God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And it was that I will that gra gra grasped me. And I thought, Lord, you will have your way. And they can say what they like. They can do what they like. But you will have your way. And you can press the pause button on humanity at any moment you decide. Wow. And if you feel a little awestruck at that, do you know what that is? That's the fear of God. That's the fear of God. And it's a good fear. It's a fear that's really like a loving fear, a reverence. It's not a shaking in your boots fear. Although if God shows up tonight in all his glory, I think I'd be shaking in my boots but it's a good shaking in my boots. It's like a white knuckle, you know, roller coaster. It's, it's a thrilling fear, an exhilaration, an excitement. Our God is a consuming fire. We read that tonight. He is God. He is big. He is great. He is awesome. And He wants us not to succumb to fear. Can I tell you something? Um, in the ministry I'm involved in with, with healing prayer and particularly the area of freedom and deliverance, a number of times I'm asked, um, what are some of the most common demonic spirits that you encounter? And three of the most common I've found, and it's not to say that it's everybody's, is uh, the spirit of control, the spirit of rejection, and the spirit of fear. The spirit of control, manipulation, Rejection, rejection of self, rejection of fear of rejection, rejection of others, and then fear, all sorts, all sorts of fear. But someone was asking me recently, do you think there's a correlation between those spirits that you encounter in individuals commonly and something else that's working in the heavenly realm as a stronghold over our nation? And I say a big yes to that. Because whatever's working in individuals, you can be sure if there's a prevalence of that, that there's some kind of stronghold in the heavenly realm that, that is using that to bring our people into bondage. I'm going to tell you, one of the greatest strongholds in the heavenly realm is fear. And it's actually at the root of all our problems here in Northern Ireland. Because you think about it, you could talk about a stronghold of sectarianism, you could talk about a religious stronghold, and they're all there, but actually when you pinpoint them at their root, fear is at the heart of it. It's the fear of the other. The fear of the unknown. And of course, this could be replicated right across different societies and cultures, but it's almost as if, you know the way there's if there's a gas leak in there or something like that, you know, you can't see the guy. You may be able to smell it. You can't see it. And then somebody strikes a match and all of a sudden, <sighs> it's like that has happened across the whole world. That there's been this invisible force of fear right across humanity. And you've seen it. The smell of it has been there. It, it's kind of got more dense over the last number of years in various areas. You know, you understand people become more anxious and all the rest. But all of a sudden, through COVID-19, it's as if a match has been struck and 
you are not, as a Christian, to submit to this. You are not to submit to it. The gospel of the kingdom is the answer for this moment. It's always been the answer. But what is the gospel of the kingdom? Heal the sick. Part of it is. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. And cast out demons. It's Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Anointed Jesus to preach good news to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. To set liberty to the captive. To give recovery of sight to the blind. To set people uh, out of jail. And to bring the acceptable year of the Lord. Debts cancelled. Uh, slaves released, land that was taken, restored. The gospel of the kingdom. But we are instructed to go and cleanse the leper. Leper was the pestilence of Jesus' day. Leprosy, lepers. And I'm, this is not a criticism. Understand, I belong to a church and we are very cautious of what we're doing at the moment. And we need to respect our authorities and, 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 and medical people and scientists. We need to listen to what they're saying. We're not to be stupid. But I'm telling you this, the church is not meant to be running in the opposite direction from this. Jesus is the one who went and he touched the leper who was a contaminant. But Jesus didn't get contaminated. He cleansed the leper with a greater power. But I'm telling you this now, we will never cleanse the leper and we will never see breakthrough in this whole pestilence area if we are afraid of it. Fear will be a landing pad for it. If you operate in great fear towards this thing, that's the first thing that will cause you to get it. To cooperate in fear. Because fear is just like faith, you know, only it's in the negative. Faith is in the truth of God's word. Fear is faith in lies. Now, I'm not saying don't be cautious, don't be careful. That is sensible. But some, you know what some of us need to do? And I, I started doing this. Stop listening to and watching the news. Look at the odd headline to find, find out when the next you know, instruction that you need to know is. Like the kids being off school for 16 weeks. Whoopee. Can't wait for that one. But we, we need to know about that, don't we? But this 24-7 constant diet of bombardment of figures and facts, so-called, and conjecture and postulations and graphs. And st stop it. Stop it. What you're doing is you're feeding fear. The great men and women of God in the past didn't do this. Reese Howell, I don't know whether you've heard of him. He was a revivalist for, from Wales who played a key role in discipling converts from the Welsh Revival. And he also served as a missionary in Africa for a season. And around 1915, when the influenza epidemic hit Africa, over 65 people in Rees Hall's mission uh, station was stricken. Uh, and hundreds of people were dying all around them. And Howell believed that he heard the voice of God saying to him that no one in his mission base would die from this flu. So to activate what he felt he heard from the Lord, he made a declaration over his whole mission base. And a nearby chief heard about it and asked if he could bring his people there for protection from the disease. And word spread 20 miles uh, in a radius of the mission statement that, I quote, the white man was able to keep death away. And the witch doctor could do nothing to help the people. 
And then, beginning with five of the most hardened men, people began to flock to the mission base for safety. And there was not one single death at that base during this time of tragedy. John G. Lake, some of you may have heard of him, I don't know, but he was a significant apostolic healing evangelist from Ontario, Canada. And he had a powerful ministry in South Africa. And after a season of support, raising, recruiting, he, he went back in 1910 to Africa, right in the midst of a deadly plague. During that busy time of ministering uh, to the sick and the dying, a doctor who was visiting the mission statement asked Lake how he was able to protect himself from the deadly virus. And Lake replied, I'm quoting again, by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. By the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He says, I believe just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, that no germ will ever attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. Now, I'm not saying this is my theology. I'm just telling you what he said. And then he did something very extreme to prove it. He said, doctor, I will make myself a human experiment. Now, I know this is a bit gruesome, but I'm just telling you what happened. He says, if you go over to one of those dead bodies and take some of the foam that comes out of their lungs after death, I will put it on my hand, and you put it under a microscope, and you see what happens. And the doctor did it. And he watched as the germs died on his hand. Now, he was a mighty man of God with a a healing ministry that has almost been unsurpassed by many. But what he was saying was, I'm not backing down on this. Now, am I like that? No, I'm not like that. I prayed with somebody here at the journey few times ago when they were dosed with a cold and I went home with a cold. That was a healing me. So I'm not claiming for this to be the case with me, but wouldn't it be wonderful if we were so filled with the power in the life of Jesus? Yeah? This was the revivalist. This, this is how they approach things like this. So let me come a bit pers- more personal with you right now. And we're going to be praying for sick bodies and sick minds, sick hearts. But I really feel the weight of my message is here in this area of fear. We know that COVID-19 might kill and cancer kills and we could list all the diseases, but do you know that fear kills? Do you know that upwards, of seven, upwards to 75% of disease and sickness is psychosomatic, which does not mean it's all in your head. Psychosomatic means that it can have a mental and an emotional causation. And you, your symptoms are real, the pain is real, the weakness is real. The sickness is actually real, but it didn't start as a germ. It started as something that broke in your mind, something that went wrong in your heart. That's a, a medical fact, by the way. I didn't make that up. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And it's this gospel that will be preached to the four corners of the world, and then Jesus will come, the gospel of the kingdom. And this is what we need to preach now. If Jesus is coming around the corner, I don't know. All I know is it's nearer than it's ever been. And all I know is the signs are not good. But all I know is this. We've got hope. We've got a message, but we cannot carry it. Everybody's worried about being carriers of the virus. What about being carriers of the kingdom? We cannot carry the kingdom if we're carrying fear. And I want to leave you with this verse as I bring things to a close and we start praying. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, 
come to me. Oh, you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Is it too much for you? Is this whole situation, this hysteria, is it just put your anxiety levels through the roof and ready to push you off the edge? And you're at the end of your tether. You know that expression, at the end of your tether? You know what that means? You tell her a goat in the countryside and it grazes around the circumference that it can stretch the rope out, you tether it to stake and it stretches right out and it eats all that grass and eventually there's no grass left and then it will stretch out, straining its neck, get down on its very knees and strain just outside to get another tuft of grass. That's being at the end of your tether. When you're just stretching, straining to get one mouthful of life, it's almost gone. Maybe that's where you are, through sickness, through sadness, through sin. Will you come to Jesus tonight? Will you come to Jesus? That's what people are looking, rest. They're looking peace of mind. One of the most demonized people in the whole of history was a demoniac. We read him in Mark 5 and Luke 8, and there he is, and he's probably got a legion of demons in him between five to uh, four to 6,000 demons, because that's a legion in the Roman army. Probably that's a many he had in him, legion of demons. He's running around naked, cutting himself, shouting and squealing. He's living in the graveyards. They just put him there like the proverbial padded cell and threw away the key. They had no answer for him. They'd bound him in chains, but he broke the chains off him with supernatural power. And Jesus makes a beeline for him one day across the Lake of Galilee. And when he sees Jesus, the demons don't want anything to do with Jesus, but that man is so desperate. The naked man, just think of him, stinking, the smell, the look of him cut from top to bottom, oozing sores, just vile. And he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. And it says that Jesus set him free. And he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. I believe that's what God wants to do with this society. Through this, he wants to bring us to our right mind again. He wants to bring us peace. He wants that in this darkness, the light of the gospel will shine even greater. But listen, we ain't going to make a dent, folks. Church, if we don't get free of fear and the bondage of fear in our lives, judgment must begin at the house of God. We need to get free. And could it be that some of your physical issues some of your mental, spiritual issues are derived from the root of fear. This was my problem. I'm not going to tell you my testimony. This is my problem right throughout my youth in particular, adolescent years, childhood years. And it was a generational problem. It was passed down to me through mother and, fa and father's family line. So this can actually predate your existence. It can be a trend in the family. It can also come through trauma that has entered through some accident or some illness or something that's happened in your past. I don't care what it is. Fear doesn't really care either as long as it can get a landing pad in your life and it want to wreck your head, your heart, and your, your whole being, your whole body. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will, there's another will, I will 